we were sitting, myself, my friend, and my lovely wife, Debbie, and we were watching Hammers 1974, but there's more of a tale to tell of that. Different vampire movie, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. And I said to Alan, you know, I really should podcast about this because they tried something really different here. But then I thought, I've already podcasted, haven't I? I checked and I, I couldn't. I couldn't see it anywhere, so I'm going to try again. And really, it was quite an audacious move. Because it was filmed in 72, came out in 74, and I cannot find... There are probably hammer aficionados who know far more than I do, who know why this took two years to come out. By the time it came out in 74, you're into the sort of time of Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, and things were sort of coming to a close for uh, for Hammer, really, because you've got the Hammer horror TV series, which, which, which goes on, but filmically and, and film-wise, both of those words, really, they're apposite, yes. The last movie they did was uh, To the Devil a Daughter. So this came out late, and it had an awful lot of store put by it because it is very different it's an awful lot different to the sort of um to the the kind of christopher lee cape wearing um dracula which i love you know and peter cushing as van helsing all of that is gone and not only that you've got um a group together who had not done much work in film, or certainly hadn't um, directed and written a film, and produced it as well, which is what um, Brian Clemens did. You know, he's popular for lots of TV work. Um, I mean, the main thing for me was the uh, the professionals. Da-da-da, all of that. But he did the work on the Avengers as well, and he writes, directs, First-time director, didn't direct a film after this, and he does a blooming good job, you know, really does. Um, but didn't direct after this. He produced and wrote it as well, along with um, along with Albert Fennell, who also did work for da 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 da. And the music is written by Laurie Johnson, who of course did work for da da da. Yeah, you get the the picture now, don't you? But those three really put in a great piece of work here. Now, the the story is very different. So, you've got um, Captain Kronos, played by Horst Janssen. But, um, you know, he he looks like a kind of um, vampire-killing Bjorn Borg. So, you've got all that. He's he's ice cold, a great swordsman, fast and mystical, too. He's sort of a displaced captain. He wears a sort of captain's tunic and all that. And um, he's voiced by Julian Holloway really well post-synced and Julian Holloway tries a, a sort of faint accent which really works actually best work I have heard Julian Holloway do I think to be honest I, I'm not trying to denigrate him because I really like his work but I think this is really quite something special he is um, going around the country um, seeking out vampires and killing them putting them to rest shall we say and he has um, as his sort of sidekick, 
I suppose. Um, a gentleman, well, a character played by uh, John Cater, who plays Professor Hieronymus Grost. Now, one of the, the features of this script is that Hieronymus Grost has um, some kind of, um, he has, um, well, I suppose you could say he's got, a, he's got a hump back, really, or a hunchback, or, you know, you can, there are lots of things you can, lots of words you can use. I don't know which ones are um, acceptable. But, you know, all of those things. So there is a lovely subplot, which is that he's different to other people and looked upon differently to other people and abused verbally and physically by other people because of the way he looks. And he has a lovely um, speech to camera about this. And they, leave, they make sure that that scene is in there. It's really important. And John Cater did a lot of work on TV and sometimes... <sighs> How can I put this? I was concerned about some of the work that might happen here because um, there really needs a delicacy in this in this um, part. I'm not saying that he's not a delicate actor, but I really wanted to see if he could meet that, and he does, and supersedes it. It is a beautiful piece of work. It's a combination of energy and enjoyment and upset and fear it's really nicely done and that kind of busyness is a really nice um, counterpoint to Kronos's stillness not coldness necessarily but stillness early on in the film they find um, a character uh, Carla in some stocks we don't know why but she's set free, she's played by uh, Caroline Munro. Does a very nice, um, gentle performance. It's a, it's a lovely performance again. And she joins them and uh, becomes romantically entangled, or certainly entangled, with Kronos. Uh, with and they've been asked to go to Kronos's uh, friend, who is Dr. Marcus, played by John Carson who did a lot of work, but he's probably known in Hammer Circles um, from Taste the Blood of Dracula. So yes, he's uh, he's one of the three, along with Geoffrey Keane and uh, Peter Salis, who do indeed Taste the Blood of Dracula and subsequently kill young uh, Courtley, played by Ralph Bates in that film. Yes, he's lovely in this, actually. He's called them in because a lot of younger women are suddenly becoming, I mean, they're encountering a cowled figure and becoming aged. And he wants to know why. There's quite a lot of space in this movie. There are, there's quite a lot of silence. There's quite a lot of open space. There's quite a lot of contemplation here. What Brian Clemens does is he doesn't feel the need to fill this movie with things to make you jump or things to, um, to excite you. He builds an atmosphere beautifully. So the camera lingers on Horst Janssen quite a lot. And that's quite right, actually, because he is the main character. And there are some lovely scenes here, particularly a scene with... Um, a local bully, Caro, who is quite a swordsman, 
and likes to bully people for money and for favours and all of that. And he's played with swaggering certainty by Ian Hendry. It's lovely. Of course, he comes across across Kronos, who um, dispatches him in the quickest and luciest way as far as blade work goes that I think I've ever seen in a movie. And I tell you what, you've got to have a good dyer if you're going to have one of these movies, and Henry certainly does that. Beautiful. He controls every scene that he's in. He's only in two, but he doesn't often make an impact. Beautiful charisma. The basic idea is that there are two youngsters played... Uh, they're Paul Derwood and Sarah Derwood. Sarah's played by Lois Dane. Paul Derwood is played by Shane Bryant, who Hamill were pushing, and he was in several movies, um, as a very good, conventionally good-looking boy, who could actually act. He actually had an emotional... Um, he actually could... He actually had an emotional life in his characters, which is, you know, really good to see. They've got uh, a mother who seems to have taken to her bed and to be ill and to be much changed in face and figure since their father has died. But that is not the case. What she is doing is she is wearing a mask. She's actually live and fairly young and and vital. And of course she's using, it seems, the um, the life force of the females who are being encountered by the cowled figure to make herself young and to bring her husband, a cruel gentleman, it seems, back from the dead. So, eventually, of course, the Wonder Ventham, the, um, who's Lady Derwood, her husband and Kronos will meet, and the husband and Kronos are excellent swordsmen. And there is a, an absolutely wonderful um, scene with them at the end in their uh, in the large um, baronial hall on tables and with flaming torches. And we've already had a montage scene where there is a um, there's a, a sword made of certain steel that when it uh, pierces this gentleman will have the same um, efficacy as a stake through the heart. Now playing that cruel gentleman, Hagen, is William Hobbs, who was a really well-respected fight director. So the fight is just fabulous. It's long, it's athletic, it's got real emotion to it, you really get in entangled in it beautiful scenes like this there are some really different kind of scenes for instance um dr marcus john carson encounters well we don't see what he encounters but we presume he encounters the cowled figure in some kind of glade or coppice maybe a spinny i don't know and you have uh, a picture of water stopping and starting again and he comes out of the coppice Spinny, either of those, or cops, and he's got some blood, drops of blood, and then he finds that he's getting younger. And he goes to his friend, Kronos, to say, 
something's happening here. I'm getting youngster. I'm getting younger. Opens his mouth and he's got the vampiric fangs. He wants to be killed, and they do try and kill him several ways. They try and stake him. It doesn't work. They try and hang him. It doesn't work. Eventually, he does die, and the reason why is because he has a, a cross made of steel around his neck and that has pierced his chest. Really nice moment and really kind of um, not overwrought work by, um, by John Carson, but really emotional work by him and emotive work by him. This is really something a bit special. They wanted to do another one, but uh, apparently, and they saw this as being a series, I presume, but Hammer was at its last knockings by this time. Um, and it's a shame because they've gone to people who weren't familiar with making movies, who weren't part of the Dracula genre, and said, well, could you make us something that looks different? It has a sort of look of spaghetti westerns. It has a bit of that. It has a sort of high noon feel as well. There was a, a beautiful um, moment in the montage when throughout the whole of um, the Professor Hieronymus Grost making this wonderful sword, Kronos is sitting with a, a handkerchief over his face and his arms crossed by the handkerchief to keep it in place and he's meditating there. Lying against him is Carla, and as soon as Grost calls him over, he moves so quickly that she falls on her face, which is just great. There's time in this movie, time to do so much, and to create a wonderful atmosphere, which has ease and brooding. It's got real portentousness, this, and the look and the charisma and the poise of Horst Janssen as Captain Kronos is something very special to see. Such a shame that they didn't get to produce some more of these. But, you know, as I said to Alan, and you know, he was very keen on seeing this, as am I. Horst Janssen has a look of Mads Mikkelsen. And Alan was saying, well, they should remake this. And Mads Mikkelsen as Kronos would be something special as well. I'd love to see that. I don't know why they haven't done that. Why haven't they produced this? It has a bit of a look of John Carpenter's vampires. And it's testament to, um, to the work of first-time director Brian Clemens that that work and the way it looks and the atmosphere and the pacing of this film is just exactly right. It's an overlooked gem. I think it's time it were reappraised. Oh, I've just done it. Ta-ta.